I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. What it do, baby? I am your host, Hema Himuli Jr., and joining me as always, my co-host, the local lovable Canuck, Zachary Hicken. Hema, what is up, dude? We are back for another episode, raring to go. Another week of recapping NBA free agency, all the craziness that went on. It was wild. In our group text at 12.01 a.m. On, <laughs> on Saturday morning, technically. Dude, I have like a, I have a nightstand and my phone just sits on it. And it just literally started just going, and like inching toward the edge. And I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, it was crazy. Um, my wife literally was like, turn off your phone. She had some <laughs> other words that she threw in there. I'm not going to say them because this is... A uh, family-oriented podcast, but hey, speaking of our <laughs> podcast, we're, uh, we're powered by KSLSports.com, so big shout out to KSLSports.com. All the best in local sports coverage for BYU, Utah, Utah State, yeah, the Jazz, Real Salt Lake, preps, Utah Royals, anything, Utah Royals. Uh, anything that you want to check out there, just go to uh, kslsports.com. Mm-hmm. You can find our podcast, other podcasts. We have a lot of them. Yeah. Anything that tickles your fancy. We got Cougar Tracks for the BYU fans. We love Special Forces Gangs for the people that love punters and kickers in the University of Utah. We have uh, the Lion's Den for uh, mm-hmm. the Real Salt Lake inside scoop. We have Jazz Notes for uh, a breakdown in depth with some of our jazz experts. Um, we have Helmets Off. Cougar uh, Tracks. I-, I mentioned Cougar Tracks. Oh, that was did. the first thing I mentioned. Cougar Sports Saturday. We got Cougar Sports Saturday. Thank you. Uh, we got helmets off to um, talk about things that are going on, not only on the field, but off the field with Scott Mitchell. And then we have um, his other podcast, Rivals, which is featuring him and uh, BYU legend Jason Buck. So a couple of football legends uh, talking it up. Um, and we're part of that. We're we're grateful to be a part of that. It's pretty cool. And mm-hmm. not only that, um, it's a big week for us coming up. For the TV side of things for KSL Sports, we're going to be hitting the entire country. Not only are we covering what's going on in Utah. Nationwide. We're going across the country. Woo-woo! We're going to go see, uh, we're covering the, uh, the, the sports landscape from sea to shining sea. We're going to be sending Sam Farnsworth like out to New York. Boom. He's going to be covering 
the uh, what's it called a ticker tape parade for right. um, for the world for the Cup world winners. cup cha- uh, women. Um, the champions, the U.S. women's national team. There are three Utah Royals on that team, so uh, he's going to hopefully sit down and talk with them and talk about the experience playing in France the last uh, several, well, I guess last month, basically, mm-hmm. and what it's like to win back-to-back uh, uh, world championships. And then not only that, tomorrow um, the Jazz are introducing two of their newest signees, Boyan Bogdanovich and Mike Conley, down in Las Vegas. And guess what? We're sending people down there, too. Boom. We got the budget for it. We are big time, guys. <laughs> big Jeremiah time. Jensen, and uh, our, our uh, esteemed leader, the executive producer of Sportsbeat, Matthew L. Glade, is going down there. So It's going to be great. They're probably listening to this on the plane right now, so shout out to you guys. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, we, but today... We mentioned it earlier. We're going to be talking free agency. We're also going to do a quick recap of Jazz Summer League. And then... So great. Also, we're going to be talking Stranger Things. Season 3 came out on July 4th. Holy cow. We have so many thoughts. We have so many thoughts. We've been saving them. We haven't even talked about what we thought about Stranger Things Season 3. So we'll give a a spoiler alert up ahead before we talk about it. Yes. um, In case you guys aren't caught up. And then you guys can come back and listen to it. Yeah. Here's what you do. You pause it right here. You watch season one and two. We're looking at you, Sam Farnsworth. <laughs> and when you come back and you've completed season three, hop back on the pod because these things are really important. Yes, they these are. things we feel. Yes. And so you're going to be part of that. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Maybe we'll get Sam on after he uh, yeah. talks about it. But yeah, we got we got some great guests coming up too in the next couple of weeks. Um, Tom Hackett. We'll probably bring on Mitch Harper again soon. Jeremiah Jensen, mm-hmm. Sam Farsworth. We'll bring back in the rotation. But um, first, let's talk about NBA free agency because oh my gosh, let's an earthquake hit Los Angeles, okay. <laughs> Las Vegas, literally, literally, and it turned out to be a Woj bomb. Yeah, it's what. So this is the timeline for me at least. Mm-hmm. There was supposedly there was like a there was a earthquake in L.A. Then later there was one. So in it Vegas. was in, it, I think it was Ridge Ridgeline, California. I think okay. is what the city's called. About 150 miles from LA. Okay. It's a 7.1 biggest earthquake that's been in this, the California area yeah. for for decades. Really? Yeah. That's surprising. Uh, how, how do you think I feel? I'm going to California in two weeks <laughs> to go cover Pac-12 Media Day. So yeah, I'm kind of a little bit nervous. But they felt it in LA. Um, there's a hilarious clip floating around on social media of like a news anchor like diving under the desk when yeah. the shaking started. Um, but they actually felt it in Las Vegas during Summer League. It was the Pelicans-Knicks game. Was it that same one or was it a different no, it, one? So it it, the there were two one. games going on Okay, because they played the Thomas and Mack in, at Cox Pavilion. Um, I don't know who's playing in Cox Pavilion because all eyes were on sure. the matchup between R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson. And, of course, the guy who sold the, sh- the spotlight locally was Frank Jackson, who went <laughs> off for 30 points. So they didn't even finish the Amazing. game. Um, so shout out to Frank Jackson, former Lone Peak Knight. Went on to go play at uh, Duke. He actually played at Lehigh, too. I don't. Not many oh, people remember that. that. He spent his freshman year at Lehigh. But um, then he, then an he earthquake got literally started. It was about 8.30-ish mountain time, I believe. Okay. And Sam, I'm sitting in there working on a package, um, and Sam yells at me, there's an earthquake going on. I go, what? Like, did Zion dunk? Like, very sure. funny, Sam. And I go look out, and the the scoreboard's literally swaying. Yeah. And so we sat there and watched and kind of watched it all unfold in real time mm-hmm. on Twitter with, like, Donovan and Rudy Everyone's freaking like, out. Oh. And all the NBA players who have never felt an earthquake. Yeah. 
are freaking out. And all then, these people back east don't have no. I'm pretty sure they have no idea what an earthquake no, is like. No, 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 no idea. But it turned out it was rumblings for Woj dropping the nuke <laughs> of the year because oh my goodness, about four, uh, three and a half hours later. The news breaks that Kawhi Leonard is going to Los Angeles. He's going to be a Clipper, not a Laker. Mm-hmm. Like Ira Abraham said, he's getting blasted on Twitter right now. Did you see that? No, I don't know what you're talking about. Okay, so this guy who's like an NBA insider for Bleacher Report, he's 21 years old, had been reporting all week that um, the Lakers were the front runner to get Kawhi. Like up until... Was this based on like airplane tickets? Like you know, No, what I'm I had no idea where he was getting his information, but... He's getting blasted on social media, and then people are, uh, like, calling him out, like, dude, just stand down. Be like, okay, I was wrong. My sources were wrong. Like, even um, SVP was like, bro. Yeah. Lay off. Like, Like, don't double down. Don't double down. And he posted, like, this video that was, like, a message to my haters. (laughs) (laughs) Like, literally, like. (laughs) did They're not haters if you were wrong. Yeah. (laughs) They're actually. They're correct. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you were wrong. Um, just accept it and move on. And you know what? Work your tail off next time and get yeah. it right next time. But anyway. You could even spin it. Like, it's the same city. Yeah. You know what I mean? But he's, yeah. he just doubled down. It was so, crazy. And um, yeah, so Woj stayed quiet the entire time. He turns out to be right. And the craziest thing that he dropped was Kawhi's not going to L.A. by himself. Bum, bum, bum. Paul George is joining him. Goodness. For the costly price, it's a trade. Five first-round picks, two pick swaps, Danilo Gallinari, um, and then Shea Gilgis-Alexander. And a partridge in a pear tree. Yes. Playoff P is going to the Clips with Kawhi. Yeah. Insane. Think about this. Russ Westbrook hasn't let anyone out of the first round, hasn't let Oklahoma City out of the first <laughs> round since Kevin Durant left. Right. For all the super team, quote-unquote, that they had in Oklahoma City yeah. with Paul George... Russ, Carmelo Anthony, <laughs> Stephen Adams. They never got. They haven't done shiz. Yeah. Like, and I, we talked about this, like, you know, OKC is whatever. But I never really saw them, like, as a threat threat. It was just, like, Westbrook is just good, but he's also not. They're a regular season team is what they yeah. are. Yeah. yeah. And it that's, that's But they're exactly not even a right. great regular season team. They were just, like, a team that the Jazz have struggled with historically during the regular season. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to a playoff series with the matchups that the Jazz had and just everything, I mean, we saw it. The Jazz were the better team Mm -hmm. head-to-head. But, yeah, I mean, this completely shook up the free agency landscape because Toronto— That was the last domino to fall. Toronto, L.A., and the Lakers were all holding out to wait to see what Kawhi did. And the thing that was crazy is we just saw a slow trickle— of free agents basically from like July 3rd to uh, Friday, July 5th, where like one guy was announced like each day. Yeah. And then immediately after, Danny Green announces, Dan, uh, uh, Alex Caruso announces, Boogie Cousins announces, um, uh, Rajon Rondo announces, um, uh, Contavious Caldwell Pope announces. So all these guys announce where they're going to go after. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, it was just, it was crazy that. The biggest move that happened in the NBA offseason and in free agency was the last thing that basically happened was the final piece of the puzzle for these teams to put together their teams. And with everything that's been laid out now, Hema, 
I'm curious where you have basically like what your playoff picture, what your playoff prediction is for the Western Conference. It definitely changes for me, but um, I think I can comfortably say that realistically the Jazz are still looking like a top three team. Um, I know a lot of other playoff predictions came out and like they have Jazz sliding down back to like six through eight or yeah. whatever. But I still think, you know, Clippers are probably a threat, right? So they're probably in the top two. Um, then I would say it'd be like the next three should be um, either a mix of Denver, Portland, and Utah, mm-hmm. um, depending on whatever trades um, are final or whatever. <clears throat> and so I, I have Jazz third. I don't know who I have first or second, if it's the Clippers first or someone else second. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. This is still pretty fresh. Um, but I do know for sure that I have the Jazz in the top three. So, okay, here's how I laid out. Okay. LA's really good. I like their lineup. Clippers, you're saying. Yeah, the Clippers yeah. are really good. Sorry. No, you're good. From here on out on the Sports Beat After Hours <laughs> podcast, LA is, LA the, is Clippers. the Clippers. <laughs> so they have Kawhi, but Kawhi was injured during the finals. As impressive as he, as he was during the finals, yes. he was injured. He had a bad leg. I assume that, you know, that he'll be healed. So he'll be better this season than he was last year because he also had like load management that was going on coming off that For season, sure. his first year being back. But Paul George is coming off shoulder surgery. He's probably not going to be ready for this regular mm. season opener. Um, there were times that he played like an MVP candidate. Yeah, He was one of the best defenders in the league. That defensive backcourt is going to be stifling. Mm-hmm. going to be really good. I like Montrell Harrell. I like Lou Williams. I like Patrick Beverly. They have a good rotation. What about Zubac? Zubac? Whatever. How do you say his name? Zubac. Is he good? Yeah, he's good. Okay. Yeah, is he I, a threat? Like... Um, can he match up? Like, is Rudy going to destroy him? Is what I'm asking. Well, I mean, Rudy's going to destroy anyone, basically. Yeah. Okay. Besides, uh, I mean, he struggled with Giannis, obviously, but the thing is, is with everything that's been going on with these players, I mean, LA's a very, very, very just gritty team. They yeah. ground out last year and got into, I think, what was it, a seven seed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they got the seven seed. Um, I don't know that I necessarily, like, my my first reaction was, okay, they're the favorite. But they're not the overwhelming favorite because, again, we don't know how Paul George is going to recover from sure. the surgery. Um, He's come back from horrifying injuries before and yeah. has played at a better level than he did before his injuries, obviously with his leg. But um, I'd probably put the Clippers number one just based on what Kawhi did. Sure. And, and, this, and, I, and I'm argue, arguing in your favor with this point. Like, team chemistry is very important. With Kawhi, not so much. He's proved that he can play with anybody, literally. Mm-hmm. But Paul George is kind of the opposite. Or like, yeah, exactly. Had, you know, locker room issues with mm-hmm. not him per se, but just wherever he's gone. Well, and the thing is, too, is Kawhi's never really played with a superstar. Yeah. Um, I would say Paul George is probably a superstar. He's a top 10 player oh, in the sure. NBA. He hasn't played with anyone like that since his time with the Spurs. And right. Tim Duncan, it was seven years ago that Tim Duncan was still a top 10 player in the NBA. Yeah. Like, who were the superstars but, on like, that team? But, like, yeah, it was Manu Ginobili, Tony Parker, and uh, 
Duncan. Tim Duncan, yeah. So we'll see how he does with another superstar. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. Yeah, but well, we, and the thing is too is just managing. I don't know. Like, are both these guys going to think the team's theirs? Like, that's yeah. the thing. Um, so I put I'm going to put them number one just based on I really like okay. their rotation. Their top two guys are both top ten players in the league. Probably the number one and number ten. I actually laid it out the other day who I thought the top ten guys in the league were. Yeah, but before before this all went down, right? Or did you do it after the Kawhi trade went down? This was after the Kawhi trade went oh, down because okay. I wanted to see if I took the top ten players in the league. Gotcha. How many of these guys moved? And we're going to talk about that in a okay. second. Um, so I'm going to put Clippers number one, Jazz number two. Uh, I'm going to put I'm going to put Denver three, Portland four. Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to put Houston 5. Okay. Because they're built, Houston's built to be a regular season team. Sure. Just with Harden. Once he gets into the first or second round of the playoffs, he starts to wear down a little bit. Same with Chris Paul. Chris Paul is not going to be able to last the full length of the season. Um, LA, I'm going to put LA Lakers. I'm going to put it 6. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's the... Lowest I've heard of them at being JJ actually had him at seven, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe it was six. I'm gonna put him at six though because LeBron's coming off an injury. Mm-hmm. Eighty has struggled to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Other than that, besides Kuzma, <laughs> like who else is like there? yeah, Boogie Boogie Cousins is a great player, but and we saw flashes of what he was again in the playoffs but he's in the, the finals, but he's like not the same. He's not the same player that he was before. Um, if they all stay healthy, then yeah, yeah. Let's bump sure. them up a little bit, but it's still it's you know it's still early, it's still yeah, summer it's of still this year. Still early, so. so we'll see what happens. Um, and then seven, I'm gonna put uh, the Warriors. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know I could even see the Lakers and Warriors maybe flip flopping. Um, and then eight. Um, you know who I actually really like? Who? This is this is a hot take. Okay. Okay. Hot take alert. I really like the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I see that. Um, they have J.J. Redick. Derek Favors is a really nice addition. Zion Williamson is going to punish people Yeah, he's gonna um, be, down in the paint. He's going to have a great season. Frank Jackson's looking good. Yeah. Um, I, I just like the pieces that they acquired in that trade with the Lakers, too. Yeah. They're well coached. I mean, like, the Jazz have always, you know, had troubles with them in the regular season. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Yeah, I think that's a good place to put him. Yeah, and I think Drew Holiday's back there, so I I, I like the Pelicans this season, and yeah. they were they were a fringe playoff team this year. I think the Spurs are going to fall out. Um, the Mavericks are going to be right there too. What about the Grizz? The Grizzlies, I think they're probably two years out. Okay, still young, still trying to find the pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have a good place to start. They so. have some nice pieces, and they got some nice pieces from the Jazz too, for sure. In that trade. Um, um, so I think regardless of where teams stack up in the West, the L.A., like the Lakers Clippers games are going to be lit. I oh, think yeah. It's gonna the be, Staples Center is going to be unbelievable oh, be for great. those games. I I would love to go cover one of those games. Hint, hint, Nate, if you're listening to this. <laughs> um, Do we have any local guys? No. Yeah, Coos. Oh, yeah, Coos. Yeah. Yeah, we have to cover Coos. We got to do a special on him. Yeah, I think I think we should do a documentary on Coos, a should. feature. Yeah, for sure. I like it. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, look out for that, guys. The Sports Beat After Hours Kyle Kuzma yeah. episode. Thirty for um, forty. Thirty for forty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, 
I, I talked earlier just a few minutes ago about how I kind of I ranked my top ten players in the league. Okay. okay? Um, and I looked to see who moved and who stayed. Okay. So okay. out of the top ten. And this is everybody, not just like free agents. It's just top just ten. Just top everybody. ten in the league, yeah. Okay. So I put Kawhi number one, Giannis two, LeBron three, KD four, Steph five, Harden six, wow. Anthony Davis seven, uh, Kyrie eight, Dame nine, Paul George ten. Okay. So okay. was let me ask you this. Steph, was he always ranked bef- higher than Harden in your list? Do you remember? It was after – so I, I just did this after kind of the season as a whole. So this was after the okay. playoffs. During the regular season, it was definitely Harden. Okay. okay. But Steph looked really good yes. in the playoffs, especially after KD went down. Yeah. Um. So Kawhi, he moved teams. Um. Giannis stayed. LeBron stayed. Um. KD moved teams, okay. Steph stayed, Harden stayed, Anthony Davis moved, Kyrie moved, Dame stayed, Paul George moved. Okay. So that's five out of the top ten players in the league. Wow. Moved. Moved. And or it completely changed moved. the landscape Absolutely. of the NBA this offseason. And so it's completely opened things wide up. And that's why, you know, we're kind of unsure of what the top teams in the le- in the Western Conference are going to be because of this. Because, yeah. honestly, it could be four teams. Like, Sam had the Nuggets number one. Because they are built to be a really good regular season team. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, There's an argument that the Jazz could be number one. There's an argument that the Clippers could be number one. Yeah. There's an argument that the Blazers could be number one. Um, heck, and with the Warriors, even though they're going to be missing, if, if they play really well through February and then when... Um, Clay comes back, they could actually still be a really good team. You know, it's maybe, maybe it's because based on your list, and I think everyone has similar lists. Half of the team, half of the top ten players moved, half stayed, which is why like the West is so uncertain because most yeah. of those players are in the West, mm-hmm. and it's just like or move from east to west. Yes, and that. Has this been the craziest free agency season? Yes, w- without ever? a question. Yeah. Without a insane. question. Yeah. And like, it's so insane that we're still talking about it, even though the dust is kind of settling. I mean, it started a week ago. Yeah. And we had our big podcast about it that was an hour and a half last week <laughs> where we just talked free agency. <laughs> yeah. And we're still talking about it. And this is just the existing players. This isn't even like Zion Williamson or like, you know. Like the the established guys that yes. are like returning, yeah, I, yeah. I, I get what you're you know saying. What I'm saying? Like, um, and so it's just crazy that we're so lit on this topic. Well, and still. there's still going to be more movement too. Like Russell Westbrook is apparently in negotiations yeah. to trade to be involved in a trade. I'm sure the Rockets are going to make a move before the season starts. For sure. they, I think they have to. And you think so, they're going to take him? Is that what you're saying? The Rockets are going to take him? No, no, no. The Rockets are just going to make a move in general. I mean, they are a team that they want to move Chris Paul. They could move Chris Paul's contract for. Russ is in, um, like swap them. They could swap contracts. I don't know if Chris Paul would want to go to OKC though. Well, the thing is, he doesn't really have a say. Yeah, he doesn't it's really a have trade, a choice. but yeah. Um, unless he has a no trade clause, I'm not sure about that. We'll have to I we'll have to know. double check on that. Let's uh, get the research There's team so many involved exceptions here. and like but, everyone's contract. Yeah, different. I mean the teams that I see realistically like making a move for Russ are like the Magic, the Heat, and then maybe Houston if they. 
if somehow Houston sweetens the deal for Oklahoma City and gives them some expirings, because yeah. what Houston's going to want to do is take on some expiring contracts and flip those at the trade deadline for some picks. Mm-hmm. Because if they move Russ, they're in full rebuild mode. Right. They should probably actually just pack up the bags and head back to Seattle, in my opinion. <laughs> that would um, be great. Yeah, that would be great. I think that that's the one thing that we're missing is a team in Seattle in yeah. the NBA. Other than that, basketball is perfect. And I yeah. literally wish that the season was starting tomorrow, but oh my it's gosh. not. We have to wait a little bit more. And so we do have some, we did have Summer League. Though. We did have Summer League. And Summer League was great. Uh, you went on Monday, right? Yes. I went on Wednesday. I had a lot of fun. Um, I actually got to cover a Jazz win. Oh, okay. Lucky for me, a three-point win over the Spurs, 84-81. Um, for me, it's not, like, so much about the wins. I mean, I know it's not. It, it's about getting the free food and the shirt, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's getting R&R barbecue and a free shirt. See, I went with Cubbies. <clears throat> okay. I went with Cubbies because, I mean, I'm going to spend 20 bucks when I go to Cubbies. I might as well just get it for free. Yeah. Um, And get, like, a big dog with some, uh, you know what my gotcha. favorite thing is on the menu there? They have buffalo blue cheese fries, and my mouth is, like, salivating Ooh. right now, so I'm sorry if I start smacking my lips, awesome. guys. They're so good. And so I got that, a big dog um, uh, tri-tip sandwich with... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I had a, I got a uh, brisket sandwich. Okay. I respect Delicious. that. And then did you get the Summer League t-shirt that they were giving out? I did. Okay, good. Props to you, because yeah. I got one, too. I saw... Um, People like literally, I'm just wandering down the hall, and these guys are just throwing them out. At yeah. Literally every single person that walks by, and Everyone so I walked by, and I was just like, um, "I'm a media member, but I will gladly take this." <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, just take it. We got Super thousands longer. of them. Yeah. Just take it. That's awesome." And so, um, yeah, that's my new uh, workout so the, shirt. The swag, the food is real. The wins don't matter, but. Most of all, we're excited to see what the new guys can do. And we from saw a teams. lot from them, yeah. I mean, we saw, well, let's just talk Jazz first. Okay, let's The do three it. guys that got drafted, Jarrell Brantley, Justin Wright-Foreman, and Mie Aoni, these guys all had different games that they sh- uh, had an opportunity to shine. Tony Bradley looked really good. Yeah. We're seeing his progression as um, his three years of NBA slash G League experience under his belt. And I'm going to be and honest. showed. Me and Matt have like this inside joke. I mean, you two, where we're like, oh, Tony Bradley sucks because he's been in the G League. For well, so I long. don't know if we'd come out that harsh, no, 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 but there's a no. there is a possibility that someone from the Jazz listens to this. So. <laughs> no, we we're joking when we say that. Yeah, we're yeah. not serious. That, we just I was clarifying. Yeah, that. no, no, no. And uh, but he definitely showed years and years of improvement, like leagues of improvement. Well, and the thing is, too, is that you still need to realize, I think he's still only, like, 22. Yeah, he's still young. He's still getting used to his his body. The NBA is a physical game, Mm -hmm. and it's just, like, I get it. But I was still pleasantly surprised of how awesome he was doing. Yeah, he had a 26-16 and game on Tuesday, sat out Wednesday's game that I was at, and on Wednesday it was uh, uh, Brantley and Mm Aoni. I I always say... Justin Wright Foreman, just his last name. I always say Jarrell Brantley, just his last name. But I just love the way Mieoni like <laughs> rolls off the tongue. Um, it sounds like something delicious. Like, yeah, let's go out for some Mieoni after this. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> Shout out to Mieoni. He had a great game on Wednesday. He had 11 points in the first quarter. Wow. Three for three shooting from deep. He didn't miss a shot. Damn. Um, he looked great, and then I think he finished with 17. Brantley had 16. He was banging down low on the boards. Mm-hmm. Um, they both came away with. I want to say six rebounds. So 
really impressive showing for those guys in the Jazz Summer Salt Lake Summer League finale. Um, it's crazy. Actually, I did a piece for kslsports.com oh, nice. uh, with a package, so I'm just plugging. Yeah, if you guys are still listening at this point, the 27-minute mark, please go check it out and uh, give some feedback to uh, our boss that it's good because <laughs> that's good for me. Because we need money. Yes, and we like uh, getting good good reviews on our stuff, including our podcast. But I was um, always – so Jet Summer League, I'm always wary of like the last picks in the draft, how they're going to do in Summer Oh, absolutely. League. Because the track record's not great. But all three of our picks, who are all at the end of the draft, were all amazing. I mean, especially Brantley. I changed my Twitter name to the Brantley fan account for a little while. Yeah, well, and Justin Wright Foreman even had, on Tuesday, I completely skipped over him. Yeah, he was kind of overshadowed a little bit by Tony Bradley, because Tony Bradley was 26-16, but he had a great game. I think it was 23 points. He had a big dunk. Yeah, um, he had an alley oop on Monday that was awesome, and so um, these guys can play, and they're going to push um, each other for an opportunity for a roster spot this year, and so it's going to be fun to watch them as they continue through Las Vegas summer league. Um, the Jazz are one and one down in that league. They uh, won their first game against I can't remember who they played. They played um, the Thunder. They the played Thunder. the Thunder in game one, and then they lost today against the Heat. Um, they sat out a couple guys. Brantley got hurt early, and then Bradley was get getting um, rest. But uh, yeah, it just a really good showing for those guys, and um, they're getting like really like rave reviews from some of the yeah. media members that are down there. So kind of cool to see them. They're very humble guys that are like ready to work. Like some of the feedback for Justin Wright Foreman is that like the coaches can't get him out of the like the week that they were here leading up to summer league. They couldn't get him out of the facility at night. <laughs> Like, he would be there till like, 11 or 12 o'clock at night. Just They're working like, go up. home. And, yeah, they'd literally just be like, go home. He's like, no, this is my opportunity to make it in the league. And they're yeah. taking full advantage of, like, everything that Super they can cool. do to show that they that they want this and they belong in the league, that they have that drive and that work ethic to be a valuable addition uh, to a team. And they know that they're not going to get many chances. Me, Aoni actually said yeah. after the game, uh, he said, you know what, I – I I think he said, like, I didn't show up in that first game that we played. I didn't look good. I didn't perform yeah. to the level that I did. He was he was 0 for 3 from the field, only had two points yeah. in the first game in Salt Lake Summer League. But um, And then he followed up with that 17-point performance, and he said, you know what, I need to show that I'm a guy that I can uh, start hot, which he did yeah. in the first quarter. Um, I can They can plug me, and I can hit a couple threes and kind of change the momentum of the game because cool. I'm not going to get many opportunities. And he understands that. I yeah. think all these guys understand that, like, um, that what they are, but that they have a great opportunity with a great organization ahead of them. So I know, like I know Justin Wright Foreman for sure. After Monday's game, he had like five turnovers. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see how all of those guys were kind of getting used to the speed of play. Yeah, even though it's just summer league, it's a lot faster than D one college, right? So they're all getting used to it. But it, I'm really happy that they're all the type of guys that put in work and. The best jazz guys are like that. Yeah. You can think of, you know, Rudy changing his number to 27. Yeah. Like, he has that chip on his shoulder. Donovan even. Like, like Donovan's talking about how he's living by himself now. He was on the jump yeah. on Friday. And he's like, I live by myself, so, like, literally all I do is just go and practice. Like, yeah. I don't have anything else to do. And so, and that's going to show this season. I think, I think, and I've talked about it, Donovan's going to take a huge jump this season. Oh, just because wait. of the additions that the jazz have, they're going to be able to spread the floor more, but... 
Anyway, if you guys want to hear that full breakdown, go listen to our last episode yeah. um, to hear my thoughts on that. But um, with Donovan, he had a big week, though. Um, oh, yeah. The reason he was on the jump was because he was in China. Uh, he was plugging his shoes. And yeah, he's in China right now. He's on a worldwide tour for his shoes. For his shoes that um, they released online last Monday. You heard us actually order a pair. Yeah. Live on the podcast. Hema got two pairs that we're going to actually be giving one away. Eventually. Eventually. Once we get um, all the legal stuff sorted. Yes, we do have to get it approved. So, But we uh, will give one away. We we are planning on giving away a pair. Um, I ordered a pair shortly afterward. Uh, they're going to be here Tuesday. We're going to do an unboxing, I think, Thursday or Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to include that as part of our podcast, the full conversation. We're going to put up an abbreviated version up online. So yes. kind of looking at all the features that Donovan went into for designing the shoe specifically for him um, and what we like about the shoe and stuff like that. So we're very excited for this. So excited. Because how, it, it, it's been like 28 years or something like that since the last time, 26 years since the last time a jazz player had a signature shoe and it was Carl Malone. And if you really are going to be honest, it's the first time a legit shoe company. Yeah. Like, with them. Well, LA gear's not legit. <laughs> No. <sighs> okay. <laughs> well, this is really cool still at Super the same cool. time. Yeah. And um, we looked it up. There are two other players on the Jazz that are Adidas guys. New yeah. edition, Bojan Bogdanovich and then Dante Exum. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll see them rocking some uh, yeah. I'm really uh, interested to see Dawn Issue 1 player editions. Um, I'm sure that Faves will be rocking some. He actually got a pair early yeah. uh, from Donovan before he was traded. So um, it's it's going to be really cool once we get these and get them in our hands and just being able to feature them and talk about them and yeah like actually be able to like have Feel them tangibly them. yeah oh, we're yeah. we're just so, so excited. excited so it's it's really cool because Donovan's shoes obviously came out right as like uh the new Spider-Man movie was coming out mm-hmm. um in fact I think Donovan's shoes dropped on Monday and then the movie dropped on Tuesday yeah and he was going head to head with uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. The league MVP with his new shoe release, Nike was actually kind of worried about it. For sure. And dropped Giannis's, the all bros edition yeah, colorway of his um, shoes early, like a surprise dropping. How early was it? Do you remember? I think it was a couple weeks because oh, I don't wow. think they were supposed to be released until like the 17th or okay. something like that. So they kind of saw the momentum that was coming up. Like Adidas has done a great job campaigning yes. for this. I mean, Don was in a commercial with Tom Holland. Yeah. Um, they went Pair all with in. Marvel was smart. Doing it during the playoffs was really cool. Um, but yeah, they kind of, I, I personally think they panicked a little bit and dropped yeah. Giannis's early. Especially and, after the the flag debacle. We won't talk about that, but like they needed a win for sure. Yeah. And they thought this was the way to do it. Yeah. And so um, it just kind of kind of an interesting approach. And guess what? Donovan's shoes actually outsold Giannis's shoes. If you look at what's available, uh-huh. there's one pair of shoes left for Donovan's shoe. It's a size 19. <laughs> it was sold out for several days. That's it was crazy. sold out basically from the third to the fifth, and then someone canceled their order for a size 19. Wow. And there's one size 19 left. They've been bought up like crazy from Adidas.com. I'm not sure about other retailers what the yeah. what the situation is, but for Adidas.com. They have been sold out basically since the day after the release. I tried to uh, actually, because Adidas, of course, decided to drop a thirty percent promo code the day after. The day we after already... they 
release and reorder them. So I tried to like cancel my order and order another pair, but there weren't any available. So yeah. yes, I am cheap. Um, <laughs> I, I will admit that, that I wanted a pair for $70, but I couldn't get it done. Yeah. But you know what? Adidas is really good. They, they're, they, they're really good with the collabs. I mean, everyone's familiar with the Yeezys. Um, the Marvel collab, I actually wasn't aware of this, had been going for a while. I mean, Damian Lillard had some Black Panther editions. Mm-hmm. Um, Harden had uh, Iron Man ones. And Iron Man. Uh, there was another one. This was is there? all during the playoffs that these were all kind of launched, I think, late season. Let's see. Iron Man, Black Panther. There was a Captain Marvel one, but I don't know if it was a specific player. And then T-Mac has specific shoes. Hmm. T-Mac's another guy that has a Adidas line. Interesting. Um, and so... And on, my point is just that Adidas has been killing it, and especially yeah. with these Donovan Mitchell Spider-Man shoes where the, each colorway is a different Spider-Man, it's super-duper cool. In fact, I haven't been this into a collab for a while, except that I saw that Nike dropped a collab with Stranger Things. Oh, in really? Fact, in fact, I think I, re- if I remember correctly, you either retweeted it or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know said, what you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. There was like, you want to... Oh, you know what it was? The okay, phone call. I remember. So I I saw a tweet that said, like, call this number. So you call it, and it's, like, this thing that – it's, like, basically, like, you ordered a pair of Nike shoes, but it, like, also has, like, Stranger Things music in the background. It was, like, a voicemail recording. Yeah. And so it was basically announcing the new shoes. Creepy, yeah, it was eerie. pretty cool. Yeah, super um, cool. But it was, like, a pair of, like, Nike – I think they have, like, some Nike Cortezes uh-huh. um, and a couple other designs that – uh, they did for the Stranger Things collab because um, Stranger Things just dropped on July 4th, season yeah. three. But if you haven't seen these shoes, look them up. They're pretty sweet. They have like certain um, T-shirts and sweaters, like hoodie apparel that says like Hawkins Tigers or whatever the high school mascot is. Um, they also come in like red and green colorways, which is pretty sweet. Um, are you looking it up right I now? I am. So they oh, have cool. the... Uh, they have the high blazer mid, the high air tailwind, <gasps> and then the what... high Cortez. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's just uh, sorry. That was Hawkins high. So it's like a Hawkins high colorway, yeah. which is green and orange. Um, and they have the blazer mid, the Nike blazer mid, the Nike air tailwind seventy nine, and then the Nike Cortez. Um, and then they have, like you said, the Hawkins high collection. Um, so the blazer mids are pretty dope. If I'm you know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong. At us, at you need skinnier calves to wear those, bro. SB after hours. I'm not gonna wear that shiz. But they're the shoes that Marty wears in uh, Back to the Future. I'm pretty sure that sounds right. And like when it takes place in the 80s, and then when he goes to the future, it goes to those uh, those Nike self lacing high tops. I forget what they call them. I, they're known as the Back to the Futures. Super rare. But anyways. Um, yeah, I just thought it was super dope, uh, because Stranger Things, full of 80s nostalgia, which I love. He actually wore Nike Bruins. I just looked it up. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they look really similar. They're, they're the thinner, kind of high top looking shoes. So they look similar Pretty to sweet. the, uh, not the blazer, but it's the tailwind. So the blazer's a high top, if you see there. Sorry, I'm kind of pointing this out to Hema. Yeah. Not great podcasting, but um, there's actually, in case you guys missed it, there is another colorway, well, three different colorways. Um, they're dropping on the 12th, so just a few days away. Um, they're doing, instead of the uh, the uh, Hawkins High colorway, 
Um, there's a Stranger Things colorway, so it's like a royal blue with a white swoosh for the blazer. Oh, cool. Um, the uh, the Tailwind 79 is getting like a red, white, and blue edition, which is actually really cool. Like, this is something that um, I would probably wear. The blues look actually very BYU-esque, too. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, They look great. And then the uh, Cortez is like an all red with a white swoosh. So they're pretty cool. I really like this, uh, the Tailwind. So it's actually a cream color with a red swoosh. It says 1985 on the back of it. You get like a newspaper that comes with it. Um that like it's wrapped and it's the Hawkins Post, <laughs> which is actually featured very heavily in this season. We're gonna talk Super about cool. it in a second. We're getting there. Um, but then there's like some pins that say like Nike times Stranger Things, Camp Nowhere, nineteen eighty five. Super cool. Um, Welcome to Hawkins. So this is a really cool collab for anyone who's a big fan of Stranger Things, even if you're not a big Nike fan. If they're a little bit too narrow on your feet, especially these older shoes, this is still a pretty cool collab and like. Um, it's something worth holding on to just for how rare these are going to be just for the resale value because sneakerheads are going to want to collect this stuff um, because everyone loves Stranger Things. Oh, you know, everyone loves Stranger I can't, Things. If you don't like Stranger Things, add us so we can block you. Yeah. Because Stranger Things is the shiz. We did a Stranger Things like crossover, for, like teasing our podcast a yeah. while ago. So um, we actually had to introduce Sam Farnsworth to uh, <laughs> Stranger Things because he had never seen it and he has watched the first season and a half in one day. Yeah. So uh, shout out to there. Sam Farnsworth. He's getting there. He's going to catch up and maybe we'll bring him on to talk Stranger Things season three, which we're going to talk right now. So spoiler alert, if you guys have not gotten through season, season three, three of Stranger Things. All eight episodes. All eight episodes. We're going to talk all eight episodes, our thoughts, um, our feelings, what we think is going to, what the future of Stranger Things is. Pause this. Come back to it after you have, because we don't want to spoil it for you. This is the yep. final warning. Okay. okay, here we go. Here we go. Now, for me... those of you who are still with us, okay, Stranger Things season three. Oh my so gosh, good. this is the best season of the of the show by far. By far. Um, just we were talking earlier with um Matt Glade and uh, Jeremiah about um the nostalgia that was so present in the second yes. season with the Ghostbusters and more music getting thrown. Yeah. In. I think there was like Van Halen and stuff. Also, the Three Musketeers bars. Like, yeah. I'm a big sucker for this branding thing, and when they throw in all those throwback-designed, like, rappers and uh, signs and all that stuff, it's so cool. Yeah. I love it. And season three is no exception. It's they, got they, a lot. It's multiplied by a thousand. Yes. So, the mall culture is introduced. They have a yes. mall Starcourt. in Hawkins. Starcourt Mall. And it's a major plot point of this series, okay? Yeah. It's where the Russians are storing this gate to open back up. The upside down. Yeah. And so um, I, it was really cool how they integrated it because I wasn't sure, like, why when they're teasing this, yeah. this new um, season, why is the mall so prevalent? But it all makes sense very quickly. Um, it was fun to get back with everyone, um, Eleven and Mike are together. And let me tell you, one of my favorite things from this season was the whole um, – uh, the whole shopping sequence with Max oh, and Eleven, yes. the girls' day out, yeah, kind of thing, uh, and like so singing. Uh, it was a Material Girl by Madonna. <laughs> like that was just so great. So good. It was so good, and I just like literally just had a smile on my face watching that scene the entire time. Yeah, but getting back to the crew from Hawkins and seeing what they're up to. I mean, okay. um, uh, Steve and Nancy and um, uh, 
Mike's older brother. Jonathan. Jonathan. Sorry, Will's older brother, Jonathan. Um, They all graduated from high school. They're kind of moving on to the real world, and they're in very different spaces. Looks like Jonathan and Nancy are getting ready to go to college. They're doing an internship with a local (laughs) newspaper. Yeah. Um, Very interesting on the different ways that they are treated is... Yeah. Let's not let's not get into that because sure. I think Stranger Things does a good job of like portraying very similar to uh, Mad Men, yes. uh, portraying some of the issues that there were in inequalities in in inequality in past generations. Mm-hmm. Um, that you look at this now and you're just like with the lens of 2019, you're like, but oh my gosh. I also think though they were very uh, unlike these other. TV shows, movies that do the same thing. They weren't as heavy handed where, you know, you're after a while, you just roll your eyes like, yeah, no, yeah, Ma- Mad geez. Men's definitely like that where you're just like, oh, my gosh, is every single advertising executive just a complete scumbag? <laughs> Apparently, according to Mad Men, yes. No, no slight on Mad Men. I <laughs> right, love right. Mad Men. One of my favorite shows ever. But it, you're right. It wasn't heavy handed. It was just a slight thing that when she's going to Jonathan to talk about it. Yeah. And he's kind of brushing off like her grievances and stuff yes. like that you can understand why he is because he's not seeing it to that same level and you, it's cool because they flip it and he tells nancy that she also doesn't see it that like because he's super poor and yeah. she doesn't see that and they kind of both aren't, mis- aren't they're aren't on a different page yeah they, but they it's have cool because you can you can kind of compare it yeah, yeah. um and then steve uh great catching up with him he's working at an ice cream steve. parlor he's the he's <laughs> We're gonna have to we're gonna have to get uh, Sam's take on Steve because yeah. in I remember in the first season he was a scumbag. And yeah, I he sucked him. in the first season, but but now I love season him. two and three. Like the Dustin bromance is so great, and when they reunite after Dustin yeah. comes back from Camp Nowhere, uh, so good and just so good. everything. I mean, the whole Susie line, Susie yes. the Mormon we're gonna, from Salt Lake. We're gonna talk about this is a so little great bit later. because yeah. there's a there was a little Easter egg in there. Yeah, for, we'll talk about to that. show that she was a true. LDS gal from Salt Lake, um, especially in 1985. Yes. Very, very, very on point. Very so key. Whoever is like the set design for Stranger Things, shout oh, out to you because that was so that. good. Um, who was there like, yeah, with the whole Salt Lake plot? Like, yeah. I really want to know who their their consultant was yeah. on that because they did a bang up job. They sure. did a great job. Um, so it was just the... Before getting into like the the meaty part of the story of season three, okay, um, I just like the way that they set it up. Yes, and just the return. You're you're back in Hawkins. You know things are good, but then they're setting up like, okay, these rats are acting crazy. They're eating fertilizer and all Freaky. this stuff, and then it starts to get into the meat of the plot. And the thing is about this season is none of it was slow. Yes, part of the reason why is because it was only eight episodes, and I love that they did this. I love that more TV shows are going to shorter seasons. Yes. Um, I've been watching... Uh, Except for oh, go Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah. Our complaint was with Game of Thrones that it was, it was, too, was short. too short. Yes. But the rest, yes. There was I too agree. much story to cover with Game of Thrones because, just because of the There's length of what There's too many plots. Yeah, there were too many plots that yeah. they couldn't tie up. But with this, they kept everything packaged very... Because there are times that season one drags. Season three does not yes. drag at all. It's it's great. And you, there were times that like I'd watch like an episode or two during season one and I'd stop. And I'd have to take a break for a day yeah. or two, and then I'd come back to it. Season three, bang out, like you could get them all done. Jerem Jordan, my former colleague at BYU TV, watched it all from 12.01 midnight when it launched until the next <laughs> – it- he got them done, all eight episodes in succession. Dude, we should talk to Jerem about we it. We should talk to Jerem. Us- yeah. Jerem, add us. Get on the pod, bro. 
We've had Spencer on, so why not Jerem? Maybe yeah. we could get Jerem and Spencer on together. That would be pretty That'd fun. That'd be sweet. We'd be outshined. We'd uh, we'd have to give the podcast over to them. You know what? Here's what we can do. We'll talk about the B, uh, the Susie stuff in a minute, but I'm going to break out some of my old BYU stuff, and we can talk about that and talk about Stranger Things. I like it. I, I like cool. it. Um, but So back to like this point about it shortening, condensing the number of episodes – um, my wife and I have been watching uh, Riverdale, and okay. this is a show that I've been trying to get Hammond to jump on the bandwagon for because it's like perfect trashy teen comedy. If you're into sure. like Gossip Girl or Smallville. Uh, uh, I love Smallville, Gossip Girl. Gossip Girl is probably my favorite. Um, or sorry, not Gossip Girl, OC. The OC is yeah. like another perfect like iteration yeah. for it. Uh, like this this teen high school show where like the teenagers are supposed to be like 15, but they're really like 27 in real life. and. They're just – they have way too much of an understanding of the real world to um, really like – you know you're in a TV show, but it's really entertaining and yeah. it's like based on the Archie comic books. So – but we're watching season two and it's like 24 episodes long at like 45 minutes each and it's just so long and it's dragging, <laughs> but it's good. And like, you know, I just I, – I thought Stranger Things was perfect, but yeah. getting into the meaty, nitty-gritty, dirty part of the show – it moves fast, like the whole yeah. plot line with the the Russians and trying to open up the upside down again, and um, the uh, mind flare coming back. Like it moved fast, and I really like the device of using um, uh, uh, Billy as the um, as like the villain through yeah. all this because he was like kind of like the secondary villain that like the kids had to deal with in season two. He was the jerk, and. By the way, were you rooting for him to hook up with uh with Mike and Nancy's mom? <laughs> yeah, sort of, because I thought it would be fun. <laughs> I thought I really wanted it to go down that. Yeah. Like it's something that they had been teasing towards and For sure. Um <clears throat> a little bit of a Mrs. Robinson kind of like feel to it. Yeah, and like I I really loved how in that first episode like her and like all the gals would go down to the check pool all the time to go check him out. Like check out yeah. this eighteen year old Zach Efron look alike, <laughs> um, with just amazing hair. Yeah, he's got Great like hair. Eddie Van Halen hair. I mean, I, I wish I had his hair. I wish she shaved his mustache, but. But that's the part of the great. that's part of the attraction. It's like Jan on The Office. <laughs> yeah, when she gets uh, uh, Dwight Junior. Do you remember Dwight Jr. and like they set him up and like they go on like the Bahamas cruise and he has like the mustache <laughs> that he's been trying to grow for like three weeks and like oh it's just gosh. barely like five hairs. Yeah. I think that's a that's a turn on to the older ladies. Okay. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was so funny that I'm I'm glad they picked up that plot point. Um, but it just completely went off sideways when um when Billy gets captured by the mind flayer and he becomes like the ringleader for this whole thing and Slowly capturing different people to feed off their energy and yeah. build up the mind flayers. A physical human, or not human, but a physical being in in the right. Earth dimension, because the whole time he's just been a shadow figure. In yeah, the entire in the in the upside seasons. down that's been yeah. controlling other things like demogorgons and stuff like that. But he was an actual physical. He posed a physical threat, and he was physically uh, uh, terrifying. Yeah, for these characters to face. I mean, he. He was able to go head to head with Eleven. Oh yeah, and kind of overpowered her in some situations, and um, the kids had to get like really smart, like using firecrackers or the sauna, yeah, um, to to overpower him and take control. So, um, yeah, I I 
I thought that it was really great. I mean, what, what do you have anything to add to this? I feel like I'm talking a lot. You I'm are. I'm very excited. <laughs> but it's, it's cool because, like, everything you said is right, man. I agree with that. I'm glad like, you t- said that I was talking a lot because we need to be honest <laughs> with each other. No, it was cool, dude. It's like it's this this season, full of nostalgia, that's what kind of sucked me into this whole series. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize how great the the, the stories were um, until I started really getting into, the like, season one of, of Stranger Things. But season two was better, and season three is even better. And I think they do a lot better of, like, all the little Easter eggs and, like, meanings of, like, the times and, and things like that. And uh, let me tell you about my favorite part of this entire season. And do you want to talk about it now? It's about Susie from Salt Lake City. Oh, Susie from Salt Lake. Susie from Salt Lake City. So Dustin comes home at the beginning of this of from the Camp season, Nowhere from Camp Nowhere, talking about this girlfriend that he has that's hotter than Phoebe Cates, which is impossible because Phoebe Cates was the hottest actress ever. Did you? I have no idea who you don't know he was who that talking is? about. I'm looking okay. it up right now. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Google that. Oh, is she <laughs> the girl in the red bikini? Yes. Oh, okay. Anyways, he says that he met this girl that's hotter than Phoebe Cates. Um, smart, smartest girl he's ever met is into the same stuff he's into. But the problem is that she's from Salt Lake city, Utah, from a very religious family. And they would she's never, a Mormon. She's a Mormon and they would never approve of their union. And so they have to secretly talk through ham radios that they both made, which is really cool and really interesting. But whenever Salt Lake city and whenever Mormons come up in movies and in TV shows, I fully expect them to like to botch some aspect botch something, of it. yeah, bash something, yeah. And so I always take it with a grain of salt. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part of this whole season is that when you finally actually see Susie in her room in Salt Lake City, her room is full of '80s nostalgia and one of the best '80s nostalgia elements is that BYU sports pennant. That is in her room. Yeah. So this is in 1985. It's a year removed after. Um, well, actually, you know what? The it's six, year. It's six months after BYU won the national championship right. because technically. It was the end of the year. It was the, yeah, the end of the year. So it's six months after BYU won the national championship. So Robbie Bosco won a Lake Hemuli <laughs> running all up and down Michigan in the uh, Holiday Bowl. Yeah. En route to uh, an undefeated this season, the first and only in BYU history. It's got the the retro BYU logo on there, um, yeah. which is the Cougar Club logo that used to be in the, the end zone. The font is great. It's the um, old it, royal blue. It's the old royal blue that's kind of like halfway between like this navy and royal. Mm-hmm. Um, just It was so cool. And the other pieces that were in there, like a Wizard of Oz calendar. And yeah. then the most like Mormon <laughs> thing of all. What did they sing? Is the fact that they sang the never-ending story theme. <laughs> in perfect harmony. In perfect harmony. It was so good. I, it was great. Hell, you burst out laughing I was watching that up, scene. Dude. It was so funny. It was so unexpected. And that's the thing, too, that I've always liked about this series. Yeah. Is that it's been able to keep things light with a pretty dark yeah. undertone. And this season was actually, I would probably say, the darkest of any of the other seasons. Like. You were actually watching people like straight up get murdered. Like 30 plus people die. Yeah. 
Yeah, and like they're exploding and guts yeah. everywhere, and so um, it's, it's really definitely gross. like moving towards a more mature audience as these kids get mm-hmm. older. Yeah, they're starting um, to have girlfriends. Yeah, more mature themes. Like, I mean, nothing graphic, obviously. No, no, it's still a TV fourteen show, but 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 they do talk about Eleven does talk about when girls scream, but not for bad reasons. Oh, you remember that part? Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. like, I'll just. She was asking that Cosmo. question. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it was, I, I, I really liked, um, the direction that the show went. I even liked like the lighting in like that last episode, the oh, yeah. battle for star court where it was for like sure. the retro lighting with like the half, like neon pink, half neon yeah. blue. Um, just so the, the cinematography is great. So something I noticed cinematography was one of the things. The other thing I noticed is they must've had a huge budget for this because the special effects were a lot better. Yeah. Even from t- season two to season three, mm-hmm. like season twos were not that great if you like compare them side by side. But season three, it was just like a it's like a movie. Yeah. Um, the cool thing also is they reference like <clears throat> because it takes place in a mall. It there's a lot of movies that they like sneak into, and one of them's like Back Day to the of, Future, Back to and the Day Future, of the Dead, yeah, Day of the Dead, which takes place at a mall, right? Oh yeah, and. Uh, so it's just kind of cool, those, like, little Easter eggs, and um, there's definitely, like, special effects that are very Back to the Future-esque, like, yeah. with that machine that's spinning and opening that hole into the uh, Upside Down. Mm-hmm. All the sparks and stuff, it, it, it reminded me of the uh, flux capacitor right? <laughs> when the DeLorean's going into, into the future or whatever. Uh, but yeah, great. I loved it. Cinematography, great. Framing, lighting, great. Amazing. And Special this is effects, what you get from people that do this for a living is like, yeah. that's the things that we notice. Like For sure. Um, just, yeah, the way that it's framed and all that stuff. And it, it really has taken up a, a, a step up yes. from what it was before. And it was already really good. Um, there's a lot of stuff that you notice when you start working on TV, like mm-hmm. jump cuts and yeah. stuff that looks bad. That like, oh, this slipped through the... Uh, the slip past the eyes of the editor editor through the edit room and um probably should have fixed that but yeah. um yeah and uh one of the other things i want to talk about was steve he had a kind of a fun plot line where yes it was especially involving dustin and his new girlfriend i can't remember her name Which um one? the, the well not his girlfriend but oh, like the friend that the friend works that works at the uh, uh robin robin okay yes. so robin in case you guys are wondering why she looks so familiar yeah, why does she look familiar? She's the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Okay. I yeah. can see that. Yeah. Ethan Hawke, though, is like, I don't know. There's nothing. She definitely looks like she came from Uma Thurman, though. Yeah, yeah. She looks just like Uma Thurman, but, like, there are parts of her that I was like, okay, she kind of looks like her dad. Like, kind of, I'm thinking of um, both Training Day and, uh, okay, um, oddly, uh, I'm also thinking of uh, Dead Poets Society. Oh. Um, just because, like, so young yeah. and, like, kind of, like, greasy, long hair. Because um, they kind of go Poets for that because, like, they want her to just be, like, kind of this nerdy girl. And so she's a good mix of her parents. Great actress. Do you think that's why they cast her, though, is because she's got that 80s nostalgia type She look? She has that 80s look, for yeah. sure. Like, she described herself as an 80s band geek. Um, yeah. And I really like the way that they set up her whole plot with, like, Steve, like, kind of being a jerk to her. and Yeah. Um, but then, like, she kind of, like, teases that she was, like, obsessed with Steve. Uh-huh. And so Steve's like, oh, she likes me. Like, 
Um, so he kind of starts to develop feelings, but yeah. it turns out she was obsessed for with him because she had a crush on a girl that had a crush on him. Yeah. Turns out that she's, she's not into Steve. She's into the ladies. Yeah. And it's the way it was revealed was hilarious. It was hilarious. And like, um, I liked that they didn't like make it weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, he was, like it, he was cool with it. He yeah. understood. And it, but it's just, yeah, it was just really funny. Um, I did like that though. Uh, sh- which is like kind of makes me sad because she was such a great character and her and Steve worked so well together. Their chemistry was great. Their chemistry was amazing. Yeah. But, you know, it's cool. They can be friends. The last scene where they're trying to get a job together is hilarious too. At the now extinct video store. Yeah. What? What? <laughs> I mean, speaking of nostalgia. Video store. The video store. Yeah. With the cardboard cutouts, the fast time, speaking of Phoebe uh, Cates. Yeah. Uh, the fast time at Ridgemont High. <laughs> Um, uh, cut out, but, um, speaking of the end, yes, a lot of stuff developed through the season. Okay. Yeah. We, we had some hard losses through the first two seasons. Yes. We had, we had Barb, we lost Bob, mm-hmm. um, both hard Yeah. to, to just see them go. Um, cause I think in different ways, they're both people that both characters that fans have grown to love, yeah. um, through their rewatch of the show. But I think probably, I mean, in the top three most popular characters, it's got to be Steve, Eleven, and then Hopper. For sure. And at the end of the season, Hopper has to sacrifice himself. Well, I don't know if he really sacrifices himself, but he, he, he knew he was going to die. He knew he was going to die, and he still told um, uh, Joyce. Joyce to uh, go ahead and turn off the machine and let it explode. Yeah. Because he knew it had to be done. Part of me, like, really hopes that he just got sucked into the upside down. That's my hope, too. And because, gosh. Um, he's such a great character. He's it's such so, a great character. so hard for Eleven to just go through so much heartbreak, you know? Like, yeah. By the way, Millie Bobby Brown, the girl that plays Eleven, great performance. Because from when she finds out that Hopper dies, she's like, she understands that he didn't make it out of the mall. Mm-hmm. To the part where she's reading the letter um, that he writes for her. Gosh, such she's such a great actress, and she's like British, dude. Did yeah, you know that? Like, it's crazy. Well, and the thing that was cool about that letter is you kind of saw Hopper come full circle because he struggled for a long time with not being a great dad for his daughter. Um, yeah, and not continuing to like kind of have a dedication after she got sick to maybe pursue a way to find, to continue his family. Mm-hmm. Things fell apart for him. Um, but with Eleven, they found a family in each other. They were both kind yeah. of recluse people that didn't have anyone else, but they took each other under each other's wings. And, I mean, their father-daughter relationship was something that was really powerful yeah. um, in this in the series. And like you said, reading that letter, it got, it got, got dusty. You have You have a kid. Yeah, and could you not like this is me? I couldn't help but just think about my own kids. Like, like what would be, like what would the last thing that you want your kid to exactly um, hear from you if you when you go over to the other side? And so, um, my I honestly hope that Hopper's back. Yeah, for season three. Um, I guess we'll find out when casting comes out. But yeah, we'll um, see. and then in a year, yeah, and a half, yeah. Gosh, oh, it's gonna be a long wait. But yeah, um, and then of course the the last thing that kind of happens is the Byers family packs up and 
moves the gut out of Hawkins because Joyce is just so concerned for Will and his safety and just everything that's happened to him over, I guess, the last three years in the show. Goodness, yeah. Wants to get him out of there, and they take Eleven with her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she has nobody. She has nobody. And, I mean, there was always the talk in season one that she could go live with Mike. Right. um, But, like, would his family really be okay with that, you know? like I mean, they don't even know, like— the, that's that's the thing is like yeah do they even really know like like of all the much about of all 11? the families of kids that are involved in this whole Stranger Things thing right the only parents that know anything are Will's that's it yeah like at least you know Mike has his sister um I guess Max had her brother mm-hmm. but um none of the parent the parents are clueless yeah, besides Joyce and Hopper and. So it's just it it's just fitting, I think, that Eleven goes with the only other parent figure that's left, mm-hmm. really, and so and the one who understands her situation better than anyone else. Yeah, for sure. Um, will right. What did you feel about her losing her powers? <sighs> I don't know what that means. So, as the season went on, and as I got to the eighth episode, I was like, okay, two big things need to wrap up, um, and if they don't wrap up, they're definitely. St- meant to be carried into the next season. One is like, what the hell do the Russians have to do with anything with any of this? We've talked about this before. Like, is it a cold war thing? Is it something more nefarious? What is really going on with that? That wasn't answered. And the second thing is, uh, 11 losing her powers. I do think part of it was a plot point because it had to kind of up the ante for the battle at, at star court. Mm hmm. Like, you can't have her having her powers all the time because that's kind of a crutch. So I think she had to lose it just to up the ante a little bit. But what does it mean? I have no idea. Like, does it is it because she had part of the Mind Flayer in her? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I, I don't know either, and I don't know why she lost her powers. I'm not sure if they're ever going to come back. We are getting a fourth season, though, because yeah. there was a post credit scene that teased Demogorgons are back, and they're in Russia. Yeah, that was They're crazy. They're in the motherland. Maybe we'll see Ivan Drogo save <laughs> Russia, homeland from uh, the demigorgon. What? So it's yeah. So the the post credit scene. I don't know what that means. Who's the prisoner? Like, why is he in prison? I was hoping that it was Hopper. Me too. I was but hoping it wasn't. that maybe they had like gotten in the upside down and like he went Hopper. through. Yeah, 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 something like that. That was my hope. Oh no, but. But the is this de, was this Demi Gorgon the same as the last one, or is it a different? I think Demi-Gorgon? it's a different one. Okay, I think it's a different one. Okay, because the the first one was dead. Okay, so but like the Mind Flayer is also dead. So well, that's the thing is like who knows? the Mind Flayer physically is gone, but who still knows if like. Part of its conscious was left in the upside down. Yeah. We're going to get answers. I think that this show probably goes, what do you think, five seasons? I don't know. I hope that it, the next season's the last one. Just because Stranger Things is great, but we I learned my lesson from, like, uh, from uh, Game of Thrones that, you know, if you go too long without coming full circle and wrapping things up... You get kind of lost in the weeds. Well, and I think that was a cycle for a lot of shows for a long time. You look at shows like Lost was a show that probably went for too long, so it got so many plot points entangled. Yeah. 
that it wasn't able to wrap them up yeah. successfully. Dexter's another show where it just ran out of plot points. Yeah. Game of Thrones, so many plot points because of all the seasons, it didn't tie it up well enough. Um, How I Met Your Mother is a show that yeah. went on for way too long. People argue that The Office did. Some people argue that Friends did. Yeah. Um, the argument's always that they went too long. The, there's never the argument that, I mean, there's like one show that I can think of um, that, that people short. say that was too short. Well, two shows, Freaks and Geeks and Firefly, and because they were both canceled after the yeah, first season. Yeah, that's right. Like, most of the shows, I can even name a few more, like Veronica Mars, or mm-hmm. like, they're shows that were canceled because of a writer's strike, or budgets, or whatever. Ratings, yeah. Yeah, ratings. It's it, it's not that the writers can't ran out of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just short-lived. And so I hope... If they go two more seasons, I think I'd be fine with that. But I'm hoping, like, one more season. I think one more season would be the sweet spot. I think so, too. And we're seeing more shows and the writers. um, Networks are starting to understand this and the production companies are starting to understand this. That there's value in ending the show on the note that the writer wants to. Yeah. Um, So The Good Place just announced that it's ending its... The last season. That it's doing its last season. Um, uh, This Is Us. Um, Okay. So... Uh, Bill Simmons did a, a podcast with the creators of The Good Place and This Is Us, and they both said that they have a limit that they want to go for their respective shows. Okay. And so um, I don't know what it means for This Is Us. They just wrapped up their third season. Yeah. I don't see them going more than four or five. I, yeah. I just think that it'll be hard to—I haven't even finished season three, but I think it'll be hard to do that. And then, um, yeah, The Good Place— so this is my just wrapping things theory. Up. I think, I think certain shows are just innately design, designed by the kind of show it is to go on forever. All right. Like yeah. One of those would be like, you know, makeover shows, like home edition. Shows, right. 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 Well, right? there are some like multicam, <clears throat> yes. like studio sitcoms, um, like shows like The Big Bang Theory that like, yes. in theory, could go on forever just with the running jokes and and the there's no real plot lines. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a day to day sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. So those ones are like meant to um, go on forever. But highbrow, like plot heavy, um, intelligent shows like The Good Place, like This Is Us. I think there needs to be a hard cap on all of those, always. And I think part of the reason that we're seeing a difference now, too, is that there aren't as many multi-cam sitcoms being produced anymore. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was a a product of the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Um, It doesn't look great now. No. You look at The Big Bang Theory, and it was good for the first couple seasons, but like... Um, it ran its course yeah. and it ran its course and it tanked bad. And it's hard because we have classics like Seinfeld, like Friends. Yeah. Like that are beloved. Mm-hmm. I think How I Mother How I Met Your Mother is technically like that. Yeah, Frasier. Yeah. Cheers is Cheers. the ultimate uh-huh. example. But um the the turning point that we kind of saw this evolve to a more highbrow, single cam, um, self-contained thing without a laugh track. Yes. I think was basically the office. Yes. When it when it did the uh the the, the doc mockumentary yeah, style. Yeah, the mockumentary style. Yeah. And then we saw a bunch of TV shows come out mockumentary style like Parks and Rec, Modern Family. Modern Family. Um and uh stuff like that. I mean even um Brooklyn Nine Nine doesn't do sit down interviews, right? So no, they don't okay, do talking that's heads. Right, that's right. But they do do the shaky cam kind of like single cam stuff. Yeah. Even though that they have like um 
they do a lot of cuts and like creative shots also. Yeah. So it's different. Yeah. It's but different. we're seeing that evolve for the comedy rather than being yeah. this type penciled into being a mockumentary now. We're seeing more, like you said, like single camera shots that are very creative. Um, and it, we're we're in kind of like a second renaissance of like television because there's so much good yeah. TV out there that's not just on Netflix or Amazon or Hulu or whatever streaming service. But like a lot of these networks have really good TV shows that are on right yeah. now. What do you think? So what was the first streaming service based produced house of TV cards show okay it was house, house of, of cards, cards. and i think orange one. is the new black is like the second so one both netflix ones yeah netflix was were the first two that kind of came out swinging these were like the first two big ones okay yeah that's what i'm saying like um, big ones that yeah people cared about that there's an actual culture for mm-hmm. and i'd say like handmaid's tale was followed shortly after i think they were like four seasons in um <sighs> glow uh, I know, like Marvelous Mrs. Maisel's one that's one of one awards. Yeah, it's two seasons in, but like <clears throat> House of Cards did like seven seasons with like a couple breaks wow. in between some seasons, okay. and obviously with what everything that happened with Kevin Spacey. Um, but I mean that the that I mean, that's another example of a show that went on went too long for too long, and yeah. granted, some of it was out of the control of the creators. They had to adjust um, based on what happened, but. Um, so this is the, this is the new thing though, is like, uh, streaming services slash production companies are going to start making, this is it. This is the future. Yeah. Is that what you think? Like, I think so. And, um, I, we've kind of talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but off the podcast, uh, I think that we're going to get to a day where people are going to have so many different subscriptions to so many different streaming services. Yeah. It's going to be more expensive than your cable bill was. And you're going to have to find a way to cut ties with things that you want. But the problem that you're going to run into is, okay, the office is moving off of Netflix in the next year and a half. So now you're going to have to subscribe to Universal slash NBC's streaming service just to get that. If you don't buy the hard copies. If you don't buy the hard copies. And that's the other thing is you have to buy the hard copies but at the same time, you don't technically own the hard copies because they can be pulled from the electronic store. Well, sorry, not even hard copies, but like if you have digital, digital copies, copy. yeah. they can be pulled from the electronic <clears throat> store. Um, Whenever. If, if, a, if a dispute comes up with yeah. the ownership rights. So you technically don't own that content as a digital copy unless you buy it from the creator itself. So in the case of The Office, it would be NBC. NBC. But yeah. I'm guessing Parks and Rec is probably going to go there. Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Sure. Like, we're going to see... I'm guessing Hulu's probably going to go away as we know it. For sure. And it's going to be more their... of their original series. And then um, it's going to be more of uh, uh, like stuff that's on like a DVR type format right. right after. Well, it has to because most of like their content is like what? ABC, Fox, and like FX we already know is like – or Fox is already coming out with an app. Mm-hmm. ABC, Disney, they're Disney pulling all Plus their stuff. Disney Plus is coming out in November, and so, so they're pulling their stuff from Netflix. Hulu's probably going to be ex- the content exclusive. But Hulu also does, uh, is owned by Disney. And now they're, oh, Hulu's also doing live sports now. Yeah, Hulu does live sports. <laughs> dang, 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 the commercials. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it'll be interesting for sure. And like, I just ask you this because, you know, you're another creative, I'm a creative. Sure, we work like for news and sports, but like, we want to like do stuff mm-hmm. like creative stuff um and 
I just wonder what the future is going to be like, like how you jump onto the next wave of whatever's next. I don't know. It's an interesting yeah, question. Yeah, I mean, you either are the person who jumps on when it happens or you catch the tail end of the wave and you kind of spin off in another direction. So, yeah, yeah it's it's going to be interesting. I'm, I, th- I think in the next three years, people, the content landscape can be very different than how how it is right now, how we understand it. And so I, I think the big thing right now is like I'm seeing a lot of like throwback style TV shows. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Stranger Things. It's an 80s show, right? Uh, we talked about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is like a... It's set in the 50s, 50s, uh, 60s? 50s 50s, 60s, like yeah. That. I'd say it's the 50s because it's... It's kind of, it's, it's basically like that first generation after World War II. Oh yeah. 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 So it's like, it's late fifties, early sixties. Yeah. Um, great show by the way, if you guys haven't seen it. Really good. Really good. Um, ah, we'll have to talk about that when the next season comes out. Yeah. Mad Men's another show that, um, that I think it was kind of the first one that's like a period, a set period show that, um. On streaming services? Well, it wasn't a streaming show. It was on AMC. Oh. Yeah. But I, I'm sure there's some. I mean, yeah. Uh, uh, halt and Catch Fire, I think, is another one. I think that's okay. set in the '80s. Um, I mean, there's a lot of different shows out there that, yeah, are kind of going towards finding this nostalgia and yeah. finding a niche. Um, but yeah, uh, the future final... of streaming is going to be interesting. That's that's my final thought. Is yeah. like, um, I'm already so I subscribe to ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of it. I like it's great. They come. I like their stuff. original content. They have the whole 30 for 30 library. It got pulled from Netflix. So, like, this yeah. was the first domino to kind of, like, fall was ESPN kind of faltering after uh, after um, the the uh, recession. Sure. Um, they They're a victim of cord, cord, yeah, of cord cutters. They yeah. were a victim of cord cutters, and they didn't see it for a few years after. It was, like, 2014-ish. Yeah. Started cutting jobs, and then they get accused of being political and – so they need to find a way to rebrand, and ESPN Plus has been a home run, in my opinion. I think so. I think it's worth the $5 a month. I usually watch one or two 30 for 30 movies a week. and yeah. and I love details. Like, yeah. And they're coming out with the new details, like, not just Kobe. Like, it's going to be other people, which yeah. is really cool. Yeah, and so I like the original content that they have, and um, it's worth the $5 to me. And if if other companies are going to create content like that, then, you know, I'm going to subscribe and sure. there's going to be other things that I'm going to have to sever ties with um, and make decisions, make hard decisions on what I want to consume. Um, Cause you know, I'm, I'm stuck to a budget. Like yeah. after I got rid of cable, like I set my budget very low for like what I wanted to spend. And yeah. um, it, it, if it goes above that budget, I'm going to, have to make some hard decisions. It's really interesting though, because like I, I'm looking back right now at all my subscriptions and like, like ESPN plus is a great one by itself, but it's like I pay for Amazon prime. So I get Amazon prime video, um, Netflix I've had forever. Like it's Netflix, like the first Netflix one. is a must have unless, yeah. I mean, even with just a Netflix original series, they're great. Yeah. But there are other, like there are companies that are still, tied very heavily with Netflix just for their distribution rights internationally even like yes. um shows like Shits Creek or Riverdale that I mentioned earlier in this mm-hmm. podcast like internationally Netflix owns the distribution rights yeah. or um in the in the country that they're produced uh a different company will own those distribution rights so um yeah sorry I guess this is Anyways. kind of a tangent that I wasn't really expecting to go down but 
for those of you that are still with us, I know. Congratulations. <laughs> it's very nerdy talk. Um, this is yeah, this here. is really nerdy talk, but like this is like the type of conversation that I like to have as like yeah. a content creator because you know as as creators in the news business and the sports media business, we're trying to find a way to jump on this and, and to do new to, stuff. To new, do new stuff and um be innovative and create exciting, good, engaging content that can reach all of um our fans and viewers and people that want to uh uh you know get content from us and so i mean that's part of the reason that we're doing this podcast we're yeah. um uploading all of our videos and stuff that we do I mean, to youtube and yeah. facebook and so check out the free agency graphic that we did tonight like uh, really cool stuff really shout cool. out to hema check it out um we're gonna like we said we're coming up with an unboxing of donovan's shoes this week that's gonna be cool too uh, Women's World Cup ticker tape parade coming up. Um, plus, the Jazz are introducing the two biggest pieces to come into the new biggest pieces to come into the Jazz organization. So, a lot of cool stuff this week. Um, thank you so much for listening, you guys. If you stuck with us this far, thank you so much. We love you. Um, we'll talk about more stuff uh, next week. We will. And just a Spider-Man. reminder go to kslsports.com, um, check out all of our content there. Check out our other podcasts. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but we got uh, Special Forces Gang, Lions Den, Cougar Tracks, Helmets Off, Unrivaled. Uh, that's the radio show, Rivals, yeah. Jazz Notes. Check them all out and make sure to leave us uh, a rating or a review and subscribe. Five Tell your friends only. about it because uh, the more the word gets out, the more the cool stuff that we can do like the shoe giveaway. So, yeah, so it'll be cool. I am Hema Himuli Jr. And this is Zach Hicken. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. <laughs>